Welcome to the Plant Spirit Podcast on connecting with plant consciousness and the healing wisdom of nature. If you'd like to learn more on how to communicate directly with plants, visit www.learnplantlanguage.com to register for the free workshop. That's www.learnplantlanguage.com. I'm your host, Sarah Artemisia, and I am deeply honored to introduce our next guest to the show today. Ketnu Neffer is a certified holistic health practitioner, educator, massage therapist, herbalist, author, African dance professor, and founder of A Soulful Touch Wellness. She's also the founder of the Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering, which is an herbal conference for Black and Indigenous herbalists and community in Charleston, South Carolina. So Ketnu, thank you so much for joining us today. Such an honor to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. It's an honor to be here, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity and experience. Well, thank you. Yeah, I so deeply honor and respect your relationship with the herbs and the work that you're doing in the world. And I know that your grandmother was really influential in setting the stage for that in the background of your experience. And so I was curious if you could share a bit about that. It sounds like she was incredibly grounded and really working with herbs in such an integrated way in her life. And in your experience as a child, how did that influence your relationship with herbs? Yeah, my my maternal grandmother, Victoria Thelma White Murray, um, my mom's mom, she babysat me, you know, in my early stages of life. And so I would go to her house after school and she just was a renaissance woman, you know, in retrospect when it came to holistic living and things like that. And so she had her own herbal garden and for her profession, she worked as a farm worker. And so this was something that she did to contribute to the household, to maintain her family and and had done it for years and years. And I want to say I was about seven. I went and I decided this summer I didn't want to just play and all this other stuff. Like I wanted to go to work. So I went to work with my grandma and at this season they were picking tomatoes. And so prior to this, I always knew we got tomatoes from the grocery store. That's how they were, you know, introduced to my life. I didn't realize like they were actual black and brown people that made this happen. And so went into the fields with my grandmother and just had a amazing life altering experience in my seven year old <laughs> time on the earth and just seeing the passion, the commitment, the camaraderie between, you know, the African American and Mexican migrant workers who were sustaining the country with this work, you know, and it really introduced me to actually having a experience with plants, you know, and just eating a vine ripened tomato that's warm from the sun and just tasting that and seeing how my fingers would get stained from the tomato leaves and just being under the sun and, you know, experiencing all of that. And 
you know, so that was kind of like the the cumulative thing. And then I realized later on that, you know, my grandmother was a herbalist and she had all these tinctures and tonics and, you know, we would go foraging, but it was our way of life. So I didn't see it as a profession or anything like that. It was just how she sustained her family and took care of her family, you know, because you cough or sneeze or anything, you were going to get a natural remedy. There was no rushing to the doctor and all that great stuff. So yeah, she was very influential in that. And it really made me respect who she was as a person and, you know, gave me greater insight on what being a woman looked like and, you know, and then being an herbalist, a community herbalist and someone who really takes care of not only their immediate family, but their extended family in the community as well. So yeah, she was very instrumental in indirectly, indirectly, I guess, you know, into my development as someone who works with plants. That's amazing. And that she was such an influential, it sounds like she was a really humble role model oh, yeah. in her work with plants too. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was so down to earth. Like she was just such laid back, just about her business type of person. And, and, and being that I'm so outgoing and, you know, it's such a juxtaposition, but at the same time, I could see parts of that within me. There are times where I'm in that like that grind mode, I'm gonna just get it done and you know, I'm gonna help who I can help and you know, so yeah, it was very non pretentious. She was very just grounded and just solid in who she was from what I know and what she was doing, and, you know, and and if and it came through, it really showed because you could feel the love in her food, you could feel the love for her, her animals and her, the food that you ate from her garden. You could just tell it was infused with intention and love and all the great things that you, you think grandmama should be, you know? So I really feel like she embodied that. That's amazing. And that's so the way of the plants too, just infusing the love and, and being really grounded and, and humble and intentional. I'm, I'm curious too, now as an adult, how would you say that the path of herbalism has changed your life? Well, first of all, it saved my life. Honestly, I am a uterine cancer survivor and I did a lot of holistic and natural protocols. So even though I was using the allopathic system to diagnose and see what was going on, it was through my naturopath and my acupuncturist and, and my herbalist that, and through my own personal studies that I was able to not only save my womb, but sustain it now and, and maintain its health. You know? And so that really transformed that for me, but also being a massage therapist and having my clients just, you know, they're like, oh my God, you're so knowledgeable. Have you done this? Have you heard of this? And so to, to remain in my scope of practice, and that's how I actually got into it as a profession, because I really just wanted to be of help to my clients because I I knew through my experiences what it felt like to go to 50 different people and tell your story all over again because you got to see the allergist and your primary care doctor and all that other stuff and I figured I didn't necessarily want to be a one-stop shop but I wanted to be a great resource 
of information if I couldn't help them, but at least, you know, physically I could at least give them some information for them to look up or try or recommend an essential oil or herb or or food because people don't think it's food as medicine, but food is medicine as well. So, you know, just being able to to provide that for my clients and be be a resource. I really feel like that that is my purpose in life is is a resource. I don't like the term healer. Like, I don't feel like I'm all because of me. You're healed. But I like to think that I'm a conduit of healing and and a resource of healing information and healing practices and modalities that assist people along that path. And I feel like having the plants as an ally is, you know, one of the things in my toolbox to assist people in doing that. Amazing. And what you were just sharing about being a conduit for healing and a resource that is, I feel that so deeply in your work. And, and I feel that particularly also really strongly in your work with the Gullah Geechee herbal gathering and how you have created that and brought that into the forefront and the container that you create for that experience. Could you tell us a bit about the Gullah Geechee herbal gathering? What is it really, what inspired you to start it and and where do you see it going, actually, too? That feels really key. <laughs> That's a great question. The Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering is my ancestral assignment that I received while sitting at the Chesapeake Herbal Gathering <laughs> in 2019. And just sitting there, surveying the scene, and just really admiring the landscape that Molly Meehan Brown had put together in her conference. and. It, I just received the download, like, you're supposed to be doing this. And it came to me just like that. That that voice said it just like that. And I turned to my partner, Dr. Yu, and I said, I think I'm supposed to be doing the Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering. And I was just like, you know, it gave itself a name. It birthed itself. You know, I felt like Mary in that, <laughs> in that aspect. It was just like, here's this immaculate conception kind of deal. Because it was nothing that I ever aspired to put together or anything. because I'm, You know, I feel like I'm still growing in my herbal practice and all of that. So for me to be the forefront of an herbal conference was like, yeah, right. You know, massage therapy. Yeah, I'll probably be like, yeah, I'm gonna do the next big massage conference thing. But after that, moments after having received that epiphany, the creator of the New Orleans Herbal Gathering, Eleni, sat beside me and I said, Eleni, I think I'm supposed to be doing the Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering. And she said, great, I'm going to give you the template. Let me go change my clothes. <laughs> and she came back and she said, okay, contact this person. You should do this, blah, blah, blah. And I still have that note on my in my Google Docs to this day. And so that's how it was birthed. And so once I received that assignment, I was like, okay, what does that look like? Who, who, who am I looking to serve? Why? You know, what What does that mean? What does the Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering mean? Should it just be only for Gullah Geechee people? Should it, own, you know, for, should it be for the community? So I had to really sit with myself and, and really petition the ancestors. Of like, okay, y'all gave me this assignment. What does that look like? And then I thought about my experiences attending herbal conferences and how I felt and the things that I really enjoyed and the things that I loved, and, you know, so I was like, okay, well, this is my opportunity to formulate something that I would love to come to. Not that everybody likes the stuff that I like, but I got a general pulse of what people may want 
And so it, it came in that way. So I decided, yeah, this is for Black and Indigenous herbalists, but it's also for the community because I knew what it felt like too to be that person who I like chamomile tea and I want to learn more, you know, and, and being that person and not necessarily wanting to, you know, provide herbal services for people in the community, but just being wanting to be a resource for my family and knowing that I don't have to rush to the doctor for every sniffle or cough. So that's how it came about. And so my focus is on the heritage and culture because I feel like we people deem us to be a dying culture, but we're not. I just think that we a lot of us haven't taken the mantle to preserve the culture. And I don't think we really recognize the, the asset of what we have because it has been suppressed. And because that used to be a horrible thing to be identified as Gullah Geechee because it's like, oh, you speak broken English. You're, you're stupid. You're, you know, you're just backwood country and you just don't, you know. So, but people didn't realize like how people, Gullah Geechee descendants are the descendants of those enslaved people who were sought out for their agricultural skills. They were sought out for their knowledge of different plants and things like that. And so, and that is just one aspect of all the different things that culminated in these people. And we brought that knowledge with us. We brought those seeds in our hair. We brought, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted people to realize the rich resource that we have in being descendants of these amazing resourceful people and so that's how it came about and just wanting to have a space for black and indigenous herbalists where they didn't feel adjunct to they weren't the quota oh we gotta have 10 black people so we can say that we're diverse you know I just wanted them to be in a space where they could let their hair down they didn't have the code switch they didn't have to feel challenged because I've been in in herbal conferences and people challenging the instructor oh no where artemisia grows and blah 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 and I'm like really (laughs) we doing that so I didn't want that for my instructors or my attendees but I wanted them to be able to have a place where they could network and not feel like the unicorn in their family or feel like they're the black sheep because they are into this plant medicine or you know talking to the plants and things like that and they can find those other unicorns and come together and and find that resource oh I'm trying to grow self-heal oh girl I got 10 acres I'm trying to figure out what to do with it you know that's what I want I want people to really tap into that that collective energy and not just talk about it and beg for you know, spaces at tables that people don't really want them to be there, but to have a space where they can come and utilize the resources that are there and the people who are the attendees and the instructors, you know what I'm saying? And I just wanted, again, to be that conduit to to create, like you say, that container for for everybody to come into and be like, hey, you don't have to search for a space. It, it, here it goes right here. I, I created it for you and come share, come partake, come be a part of. And, you know, I've always made it affordable because I wanted to eliminate that objection. Oh, I can't afford to go. This year we're camping on the property. Okay, now you don't have to buy a hotel. Get you, borrow your friend's tent and put it up and 
get your sleeping bag. Like that's what I want. And that's what I wanted to create. So that a safe space for black and indigenous herbalists to come and show off, amplify the knowledge that they receive, that download, you know, whatever it is, those studies that they studied and all that other stuff and share that with the community for the community to come and learn and, and then not just take copious notes, but actually utilize the information that they receive. And then also we have an artisan marketplace. So we can also, so I, I learned about mugwort. Now I can go buy, you know, some mugwort from a local black farmer or in the marketplace or experience a lucid tea, you know, that has it in it. So it becomes a experiential thing as well. So it goes above and beyond like just conference and people just talking at you, but you can actually experience some of the herbs and meet some of the people that you probably was fangirling, you know, on the internet because some of them are some of the instructors. So it's just a great place for it's a convergence, you know, like the, I like the word that I, I'm glad I used the word gathering because that's exactly what it is. We're gathering the the black and indigenous healers to come together and, and share. Amazing. And seriously, your lineup, the, the healers and teachers and wisdom keepers that you have, I mean, even just scrolling through them, I can see that they are such wise, wise people have such incredible healing to share yeah, I really feel when I tune into it, how the gathering, it's like this incubator. It, there's this magical weaving happening of, of the container that you're holding that's like allowing yeah. people to really evolve really quickly in their plant path and deepening their connection with these ancient traditions of, that are full of wisdom and plant and earth connection. So yeah. that's amazing. First of all, amazing that you listened that call and that you honored it because that is not always easy. That's not always easy. Oh, it hasn't been easy. I and I'm not gonna say it lying to anybody and say that it has been easy because I am the soul S-O-U-L and S-O-L-E person. I am the team of the Gullah or you know herbal gathering, but that's not a you know superwoman achievement, but it was just like I just wanted to ensure that I follow through with what was given to me and do the best that I can to make it happen. Amazing. Amazing. Do you, what do you feel when you feel into the future of the Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering? Is there anything in particular that's, that you feel coming forward for next steps with it or? Yeah, I see it growing into an herbal academy. Like I would love to establish that too. Like you said, and, and, and it has become an incubator. So I want to introduce up and coming herbalists and you know plant workers and body workers and you know spiritualists and all of that like I want to give them a space where they can share the information and have that next container that and so and like the gathering will be like the place to come and like a reunion kind of space like okay I learned from these online classes now I get to see this person in person and you know, embrace them or, you know, get their products and see them in their element and doing all of that. So I really see that coming out of that in a directory where people can connect and seek out because people contact me all the time. Do you know uh, herbalists in Vermont? Black Herbalist in Vermont. And I was like, not yet, but, you know, (laughs) I want to have that directory so people can go and seek out those people that they're looking because a lot of times when people travel you never know sometimes somebody may fall ill and things like that and they're looking for 
resources. So that would be a great way for them to connect in that way and get that information. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. How can people find out about the gathering? The Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering is, we have social media presences, so we're on Facebook at Gullah Geechee Herbal Gathering. We also have an Instagram at Gullah Geechee Herbs, and the website is Gullah Geechee Herbal Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited to hear about the Academy piece. It, yeah, feels really, really cool, really important. I'm curious too. You have so many different realms that you work in, and one of them is dance. That's a really powerful one. And I was curious if you could share just a bit about your experience of the power of dancing in nature. Um, last year, I had the amazing opportunity to visit Africa for the first time, and we went to Mali, West Africa. And we have a very amazing friend who's a phenomenal African dancer and dance teacher. So we spent a month there. And so I decided to take personal classes with him. And I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be in this studio in my Western mind, you know, and he takes us for, and so my love is an African percussionist, amazing drummer. And so he did private lessons as well. So our host arranged for us to do our private lessons outside. And it was in this amazing mango grove in the middle of this village. And it was just so amazing. So dancing, feeling connected to the earth. And I have all these amazing mango trees and these children harvesting mangoes as I'm doing my dance class and just seeing community life go on. So it was so natural and organic. And even though I was a little self-conscious because at one point the children came and, you know, gathered around because they seeing this this foreign woman, because even though we are Black, like, they could tell you're American. I don't care. <laughs> so they were just looking like this American lady is dancing in the middle of the <laughs> mango grove, you know, with her teacher. So it was, it was a powerful experience. And it just really drove the point home for me is just being connected, being present in the moment and appreciating, you know, your environment because, you know, I take it for granted that I will always have a studio and, you know, air conditioning and things like that and not dancing in the middle of, you know, even though it was in the morning, it was still starting to be warm and all that great stuff. But it was a beautiful perspective just to see life go on, even though I was there doing something that I constructed. But at the same time, I was still a part of the natural flow of things, you know? So that was a really powerful experience for me. And I really enjoyed that experience because it really made me feel connected. And and being in Mali really did make me feel at home. Like I never felt I visited. That was the one other thing for me too. And just having that organic experience for myself was just really life-changing for me and life-affirming too, because I, I felt like I was welcomed back. So it didn't feel like I was a visitor. It was just, it was just like, oh, are you back? Okay, welcome, girl. <laughs> That's amazing. I, and I totally feel that thread in, in all of your work, actually, is to, like, in what you offer is really to helping people feel a space of safety and at home. Like, they can really be themselves. They can really come into that space of belonging. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm huge on 
authenticity and even vulnerability, you know, it's like we've all have to wear so many literal and <laughs> figurative masks every day, especially now in this society. But prior to, I feel like we just feel like we have to put on this face and, and do this thing and be very pretentious. And so we don't always let our authentic self shine through, always feel like we have the space to do that. And so I want to create that space for, you know, my clients, the attendees. And that's something that I really do. Because even in my my massage practice, I'm mobile. So I go to my client's home. So I see them at their mode, you know, with the kids running around or the cat walking on them during the massage. Like I see them in those spaces, but I respect that even more. And I feel like, that's even more therapeutic. That's more cathartic because they're in their own space. You know what I'm saying? And then I feel honored because I'm welcomed into their space because your home is your personal portal. You know what I'm saying? So to be invited into someone's home is definitely an honor and a privilege. And I don't take that for granted. So I want to create those type of things for people so that they can have that for themselves. Amazing. And yeah, clearly your work in the world is is so powerful. And so tell us, how can people find out more about you and your work? I'm available on my website at a soulfultouch.com. And I'm also on Instagram at a soulful touch wellness and on Facebook at a soulful touch. Amazing. Well, Ketnu, thank you so much for joining us today. Just absolutely incredible what you're doing in your work with the plants in your soul work in the world and this deep dedication to bringing the authenticity forward. So thank you so much. And and thank you for joining us today too. Just so appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for what you're doing. This is so vitally important and I'm so honored, like I said before, to be a part of this. And, you know, when people include you into their vision, it says a lot about not only who you are, but who they are as well, because they see that connective thread there. And so I'm so honored to be a part of this and I look forward to working with you again in some capacity. And I really do appreciate this opportunity. So thank you so much. And thank you for doing what you're doing because it's so needed. Oh, Ketnu, thank you so much. Thank you. and, And thank you all for tuning in. And thanks so much for listening and joining us today on the Plant Spirit Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and please follow to subscribe, leave a review and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.